Chevalier Mortgage. You can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com where you can get signed up for a free consultation and to discuss all of your options as well as get free DNVR merch. Check it out today. I'm sure you've heard about the great mortgage rates out there right now, but Mike and Virginia are not your typical mortgage company. Yes, they do have the phenomenal rates, but what makes them different is that Mike is a certified financial planner and looks at so much more than just rate when designing your home loan. Plus, they're a small family-owned company just like us here at DNVR, so you'll always feel like a person and not a number. Again, head on over to dnvrmortgage.com and check them out today. Welcome to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up to get amazing odds boosts every single day. I'm your host, Ruto, joined by AJ Hayfley and Jesse Montano. Uh, not a whole lot of Avs news today. They didn't practice, so they are just on their way to Toronto right now. But I guess tangential Avs news as... One, first of all, Sean Barron's invited to USA WJC camp. No big surprises there. We all saw that one coming. Uh, but two, and we'll see, we'll get into how much this really does play into the Avs, but a lot of chatter about Jake DeBrusque being on the trade market today. So I guess let me start with both of you. Should the Avs be interested in Jake DeBrusque? Uh, well, as AJ fights through something that's happening there. Uh, uh, I touched my eyes after touching hot things. There it is. Yep. Made That'll poor choices. Ya. Yeah. We'll get you. Because uh, I could tell that you were in some type of distress, but I was yeah. like, I don't know if he just got like something in his eye, needs a quick eye drop, or I couldn't tell if you were needing to like <sighs> scoop your eyes out of your head. So I just went uh, with doing Well, so I, I sneezed with seven seconds left on the countdown, and then I went to rub my face afterwards, and then as soon as I did that, my eyes like caught fire just as the show was starting. So that was great. But hey, I happened. mean, this is, the, this is exactly the kind of mishap you expect on a poorly shot pod. Yeah, I was going to say. Um... I mean, I think it goes back to the conversation we were having yesterday, right? Just kind of, uh, uh, you know, surface level. We were talking yesterday about how the Avs need a guy like, like kind of how Jake DeBrus profiles. And we said that there's a few other guys outside of the uh, Evander Kane route you could go. And wouldn't you know it? A day later, one crops up. Yeah. So you say a day later. Um, not really. Boston's been trying to trade Jake DeBrusque for a year. And a half. year, yeah. It's been Fair, it's but... been a long time that they've been basically after the Edmonton bubble, they were like, We gotta move this guy. And then they just didn't. So uh when Rudo asks, should they go after a guy? Buddy, what are we doing here? Why are you why are you asking me yes or no questions? Uh, this is the beginning. All, Give me a yes I, or no, and then we'll get into the details. All I want to do is throw charts and graphs at you and oh, say, we'll get look at the, all this shit. We'll get to that. I need a yes or a no first, though. Well, that's how I get to where I – that's how I get to my <laughs> yes or no. we got to go through a process here. You all right? can't give us a straight answer, can you, AJ? Well, I, it's a poorly shot pod on YouTube. <laughs> you think I could just give you answers like this? <laughs> all right. Well. So, 
let's assume the Avs are interested. Where does he fit into the Avalanche lineup as currently constructed? Really, that's the other hard part of this. Because where does he? Like, if Jake DeBrusque lives up to the potential and it's the best case version of Jake DeBrusque, you're probably putting him where Val Nichushkin is right now, right? I, if he's hitting his absolute ceiling, yeah. I guess, yeah. Yeah. For next season. Or later this season, at least. Yeah, I mean, like, that's that's the ideal, is that you're getting a second-line guy out of him who's, what, 24? 25. Uh, he just, he yeah. just turned 25. So... I mean, you're talking the, the guy had 27 goals a couple of years ago. Like this is a, you know, like this is this is a this is a dude that would be a great fit next to Kadri and Burakovsky, uh, just in terms of being able to bring some offense. But maybe the way that the way that Val has provided value to that to that line so far, you know, maybe on a third on a, on a third line next to Newhook and Jost would really be best. So getting going through his career, uh, the the most success that he had in Boston was next to David Krejci and Charlie Coyle. So you have a defensively responsible center. You've got a good two-way player in Charlie Coyle. Okay. Let him let him be, you know, let let DeBrus kind of be the finisher there because he doesn't do a whole lot of playmaking. He's not much of a passer. That, that's my concern with putting him on the second line. You have Kadri, who, you know, thrives on individual plays. Berkey's kind of in a weird spot right now where he does put himself in a spot to be a distributor, despite everyone on planet Earth begging him to shoot the puck and hit the net with it. Yeah. But yeah. And like, if you look at Burakovsky's career, he's always had the playmaking element to his career. You know, he's he's had 25 assists each of the last two years. He's not a bad distributor by any means, but. I think the Avs would really like to see him be a goal scorer first. Um, yeah. And the, re- the reality is, though, that they can. He does. He does. He does. Uh, Burkowski does a little bit of both. Like he's got uh, Burkowski in his NHL career has four seasons with more than twenty assists. So like he's gonna he's gonna do that for you. Just it's just gonna happen, and because of his lack of aggression. As an as a shooter, you know that you kind of have to coax him into it a little bit. Uh, you know he's looking for the for that, and we've seen him we've seen him make plenty of nice plays when he's playing well. And if that's the route they want to go with it, fine. But if you're putting DeBrusque on that line next to Kadri and Berkey, you have to understand that conceptually Berkey is going to be the passing player on that line. He's going to be the setup man to Kadri and DeBrusque finishing goals because DeBrusque. Outside of the oddity of his his rookie season, he's not really a big guy when it comes to assists. He's he's going to be putting no. bucks in the net for you. He's not. He's really he's really not a playmaker. He wasn't a playmaker in the WHL either. He no. he got drafted where he got drafted, uh, and got to where he got and, and had the, his most success in the NHL because he scored goals. Because he he he's a physical ish guy. He's not very big. He's not small, but he's not very big. Uh, and he gets after he gets after he plays hard he he plays with uh, a certain element of sandpaper and then scores goals uh and you look at 
the first three years of his career where Boston had no interest in trading him. He shot at least 11% in each of those years. And then last year, 5%, this year, 8%. So you're looking at that and you're like, he's not finishing at the same level. You're also talking about 41 games, 17 games this year, 41 last year. Uh, And you're talking about a guy that's losing confidence, that the team has lost confidence in. It's an easy, it's easy to look at this guy and say, this is a dude that's going to figure it out. Maybe, maybe not all the way, but this is a guy that you feel confident when he gets moved, he's going to go and land in a situation that if they put, if they put him in a, in, in proper context, they're going to put him in a position to succeed and he's going to, he's going to be just fine. He, he probably isn't going to make an all-star team, but he should push for 20 goals. He should push for in the range of 15 to 20 assists. And he should be a good complimentary player for you. Okay. So the answer would be... Hi, yeah, uh, here. The answer would be yes. They should... The Avalanche should absolutely be interested. Okay. It took nine minutes to get out of him. We haven't even started. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. We haven't even started. Jesse, are, are you in agreement here? Would you like to see him on the second line, or do you think he does fit in better on that third line? No, I mean, I think we get all very caught up in not us, hockey oh, in general, community yes. and hockey Twitter in terms this of This is like going to be real true. <laughs> role and where guys fit. And I think we even, you know, we see it a lot even with, you know, um, prospects. I saw someone talking on Twitter yesterday about, oh, I can't believe Jason. May-. It's like, Dude, there's some of these like some of these positions that there's just there's other things going on. So to me, this is a guy that I think he fits what the abs are looking for. And I think you bring him in and you plug him in on that third line with uh, uh, O'Connor, Newhook, Jost, Newhook. However you, know, you want to mix it. Yeah, 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 yeah. However you want to mix that up. And that's where you start it. And if he really starts to, you know, adapt to this system and find a lot of success kind of, you know, on, on a, you know, a much larger scale than what we've seen from like Abe Kubel, where his game does look like it's adapting well to this system. Then you've got some flexibility to move him up and down. There's another guy that, you know, can plug into your top six, uh, you know, given mm. some injuries. And then I also think this would be a great pickup for, cause you, you're probably going to be able to resign him for a little bit less than, you know, what you're looking at for, for nuke right now. Maybe. Um, um, and so that that to me would be kind of the the, the play there is, is you go and get him, knowing that uh, it, it probably extends beyond this season. They went way out of their way to not break up that second line when Nathan McKinnon was out. Um, so I don't think they'd bring a guy like this in and immediately plug him in there. Uh, but I, but I think maybe, he's definitely, maybe not immediately, but. I, but I mean, like, who who are you moving off that second unit right now? Nachushkin. Ooh, I don't know why you'd do that, but. Or fine, move, move Perky off of it. But, fine well, me that's, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, they, they went to great lengths to keep that together. They <clears> obviously <throat> don't have much interest in doing that yeah. right now. Like, unless if, they, if, they, if they got him on day one, I don't necessarily think that he would be on this. If, if they got him, if they got him today and he was in mm-hmm. Toronto tomorrow, I don't think he would take Nuke's spot. I no, think he would. No, no, no. I, but I think in time, I'm still not believing that Val Nichushkin is a point per game player. 
Well, yeah, so. you don't have to be a point per game player to be effective on the second line. <laughs> right, but I mean that's where he is right now. He's got eight points in nine games. Yeah, I'm great. expecting I'm expecting some Lossy. sort of drop off over time here, uh, and like the Abs aren't going to just continue to score five goals a game. Uh, there's there's always going to be. Do you know how many times Rudo said that in the last three weeks? <laughs> it, there's always a drop off, and for the Abs, it's usually called December. So I'm fully expecting that the next four weeks of our lives are going to suck. But I, I like it's going to slow down. Things are going to. They have some, like five games at a point per game right now. Like things are going to chill. Okay. Uh, now we have to answer the most important question when it comes to the Avs acquiring anyone. Hot or not? I actually don't know what he looks like. All right. Well, here he is. Male model? Male model material or not? Chat, what do you say? You think he's hot enough to be an Av? <laughs> AJ seems unsure. I wouldn't hit it. No, not for you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Maybe I can find some other pictures of him, too. I don't know. Oh, there's... His headshots are not great, Chet. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't want to show you his headshots because those are a definite no for me. <laughs> Here you go. Here's a headshot where he doesn't look awful. Oh, well, yeah, like, we must have somebody new to the pod. It's like real asking, small. Asking, uh... <laughs> uh... <laughs> Hi. Abs are a team of male models. It's a rule that you have to be a male model to play for the abs. Sorry. It's just the way it is. Yeah. I don't think he hurts them. I don't think he doesn't fit the brand. Right. This is like the only picture of a headshot where he doesn't look terrible. So I don't know what to tell you. It's Chat, I, I see one hot. I see one not hot. Uh, cropped. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> if you see that shit on a dating profile, you know that's fake as fuck. Yeah, there's something weird going on with his chin. <laughs> yeah, can we get can we get some answers from the lady contingent because True. they're always the ones who are like, yeah, like Landy's Landy's good looking, but that's not the hottest guy on the team. And every dude ever is like, what? <laughs> so six to eight beer range. Let's not get crazy. Where is right? Yo, that dude's that dude's a six. <laughs> I might be six to eight beer range. You might if that dude if that dude's a six, you might be living in LA. <laughs> We're going to Arizona State. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, speaking anyway. of six to eight beers, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. So if you need to get those beer goggles on, Breck Brew has you covered. Eight different kinds on tap down at the DNVR bar, or get it at your local liquor store. Uh, you can also find their good company hard seltzers too. Be sure to check those out if you're a uh, a seltzer person all the way around. And, of course, also be sure to hit up the Ball Corporation. Maybe you need a little bit of extra beer money. Well, uh, to be honest, Ball pays better than just giving you extra beer money. I, you're going to do a lot better than that with their current position, which is a uh, production manager. They uh, give a bunch of opportunities at Golden. If you want the application, go to jobs.ball.com or text Golden to 77222. Uh, they can get you all hooked up with that. They offer a bunch of great stuff, including full benefits, uh, paid time off, all the normal stuff that, you know, decent companies actually 
give their workers. So jump on that side of it. And you could also get hooked up with their uh, learning service. I forget the actual name of it, uh, but they will hook you up if you have holes in your resume with classes that can teach you those things and help fill in the gaps. So you're looking high and tight for, uh, for any job applications you might be interested in. Uh, super awesome. Again, check out uh, jobs.ball.com for an application there. And once you have a little bit of extra spending cash, it's a great time to sign up for a DNVR annual membership. You can get access to all of our content, which is uh, pretty good if I do say so myself. You also, of course, get the rest of the sports in Denver as well. You got the Nuggets, you got the Broncos, you got the Rockies, which only bring me deep sadness at all times, but that's okay. Sometimes you need a little bit of sadness. Uh, check out all the coverage. Obviously, you get a free shirt when you sign up for a membership, too, so you can get one of our awesome shirts. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. All right. The other, the other side of this conversation that would have very likely a good chunk of importance to do with what DeBrusque's role might be on the team comes to his cost. And we'll we'll get into all of the the numbers underlying in Nebraska in a little bit, but I I do want to talk about what Nebraska would cost. Number one, the Avs do have to do something to make the cap work. If not really, I mean, sort of. Not really. Why not? I mean, because Ryan Murray is about to miss the entire year, so you have two million dollars that you can just throw on LTIR at any point. He only makes three point seven, so you're talking. Basic math here. You need 1.7 million of space, and that's assuming that you don't get them to retain on anything to just make it work and get a deal done. It's not, it, it won't be, it just won't be that difficult. It would not, it just with with that, it it just wouldn't be the the current money just wouldn't be. It would be a lot more doable than people are acting like. Like they have to include JT Comfer or something. If they give they give one player salary back, or, or even a minimum contract. They're fine. Okay. So we can ignore the cap if you want then. But what's, yeah, what's the cost here? Second, a third, a, a fourth? I, I'm assuming you wouldn't even consider a first for this guy. But Someone will. You I think? Bet you someone will. I don't I know. Not. The, the fact that he hasn't been traded for well over a year makes me think no one's given a first up for this guy. Yeah, so if that was going to happen, that would be. I mean, that would be it. I mean, even if over, he does, even over, if Murray doesn't miss the rest of the year, he's missing the foreseeable future, where he goes on LTIR. So, that's. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, over a dozen teams have already reached out on him in the last twenty four hours, and just, I've just seen NHL GMs do too many dumb things to not think that someone won't trade a first round pick for this guy i mean i don't think so taylor hall didn't even get that shit i mean that was a special circumstance yeah i was gonna gonna say um but i i don't think i don't i like i don't think that you can give a first round pick for a guy whose best season was literally we're talking three years ago man and if you're looking i'm not saying i would i don't think i don't think they would either if you're looking at the past couple of seasons of production, you're essentially asking, would you give up a first round pick for Tyson Jost? No, I wouldn't. 
But I mean, look, but this is a dude, this is a dude who's scored 30 goals in his career. He's under 29. I just, we've seen this movie play out year after year, after year, after year. We go a first round pick for that guy. I genuinely don't, I don't know what Boston wants. Yeah. um, And and that's the other part too. They've got 3 million in cap space and then they give up whatever they're going to give up in a deal. And however, like they can take money, they can take money back if they want. They can take no money back if they want. They aren't really in a position, like, they're not really in a spot where they need something obvious. And, like, Jake DeBrusque doesn't, like, fix their problems. To move them, to move him out isn't just magically, like, that, I, I'm, I'm not the one who underestimates how dumb GMs are. I, literally every year, Nate, Nate Thompson gets traded for a fucking fourth or fifth round pick. Every deadline. GMs, GMs are notoriously stupid. But with first-round picks, those are super, super, super valuable. More valuable than they ever have been in NHL history. I think. And that's where that's where parting with them is a it, – it is a really – and especially with the draft class that people yeah, really, really like. I was like. going to say, this year the draft class is popping. Like. You're, there's a lot of – maybe I could see – you could talk me into uh, 2023 first before this year's – that's not – I <coughs> not for Jake DeBrusque. Not not in current form. A couple years ago, probably, but not not now. Um, but I I genuinely, and this is where I struggle because people are asking me, "Oh, what do you trade for?" I'm like, you don't know. Yeah, I have no idea what Boston wants. Like them getting actual value in return, that ship probably sailed. They've been trying to trade him for a long time now. He's only playing worse, so it's not like you can just be like, oh. We're going to ask for the moon because everybody wants this guy. Like, I'm sure that a bunch of teams, at least half of the league, has probably checked in on him and been like, what's up here? But Chad- I just, I, I'm looking at Boston's problems, looking at their roster, looking at their cap situation. Genuinely, they can ask for kind of whatever they want. Chat bringing up a decent point here. He has a base salary of 4.85 this year, making that his qualifying offer um, is an RFA at the end of the year. So would not be a cheap re-up if you wanted to give him the QO. Um, now, you can work out a deal with him that's less than the QO. Yeah, There's was, a bunch of ways around that. I was going to say, again, and also a future problem. And if he plays the way that you want him to play, like, do you remember Burkowski got traded because he had a high QO? And Washington was like, now. And then spent the next three years trying to replace Burkowski. So, like, you know, like it's this that's that's a situation where if if you're right about him, your scouting is correct, and you put him in a position to succeed, you pay him the QO and you're happy, or you give him a deal. It's not a big deal. Not I don't care about that. I don't the QO doesn't bother me. The 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 cap at the moment doesn't bother me it's mostly just what does boston want what are the ads desirable on this show is that aj doesn't care about money we've seen (laughs) how many times have we seen it just doesn't matter you can make it work there are so many ways to make things work under the salary cap that it's just like so can can i have 20 bucks or (laughs) sure (laughs) sweet all right there you go thanks Thanks. I'll pick it up next time we're in the office. Yeah. Hooked you up. (laughs) Okay. But so continuing down this path, 
even without knowing what the price is, I'll, is this a deal, first of all, that you expect to get done before the deadline, or is this something that you think will build to the deadline and be a deadline acquisition? I think I think by the new year would make sense, but okay. also like that they've been after this deal for a long time, that he's been on the block, that and Boston, it's not like Boston's been shy about him being available. It's not like him publicly requesting a trade is like, Hey, Jake DeBrusque is suddenly available. Like this is well known that they're they're at this position here. Okay. So on the other side of that, then <laughs> there are when you are acquiring a player in season, I think particularly when you're in a position like the Avalanche or other top end teams are. It's very hard for me to say I want to do a deal unless I feel like that deal is the difference between the team winning a cup or not. And I'm just not convinced that Jake DeBrusque moves that needle enough to really matter. How much did David Savard move the needle? Same, almost exactly the same type of thing. Like, How much did Nick Foligno move the needle? But, How much did Taylor Hall move the needle? I, I mean, mean, you never really know until you do it and you watch the needle move. Of course. And and in hindsight, obviously, with the Savard one, it's like, well, you won the Stanley Cup, so good job. <laughs> like, It doesn't matter. You could have traded every single piece of the organization has forever. If you win the Stanley Cup, it's worth it. But... <laughs> True. I guess that's why GMs make the hard decisions and I sit on a podcast, right? Because I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I would pull that trigger. Excuse me. It's a poorly shot podcast. <laughs> don't forget, we're on YouTube. Like and subscribe yeah. to the video, please. Uh, how much did that Dallas player in Game Seven move the needle? I mean, that guy wasn't a trade acquisition, but yeah. Can we not talk about Yoel Kiviranta ever again? <laughs> they did a tribute to him in Dallas, and I was like, this is cold shit. <laughs> like, this is cold shit. So, that's I, let me ask you this, Jesse. When you're acquiring a player like Jake DeBrusque, is it strictly for a what-can-he-do-for-me-right-now move, or is this something that you're looking at being effective into the future, too? Well, I think the NHL's very much become a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league in general. Um, I don't know this, this to me is kind of like, um, and, and I'm almost positive he's not UFA eligible, but this is almost kind of like a, Hey, we want an earlier look at this UFA that we think has a ton of upside type move for whoever goes and gets him, especially in the app situation where I think if you're going out to get this guy, you're trying really hard to not give up anything or anything meaningful off your roster, because you're saying this is a guy that we think middle or bottom six, depending on at what point of the calendar you're talking about. Um, we think he, he, he's a, he's an improvement over what we have in some areas. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, Nathan McKinnon comes back, you know, uh, JT Confer comes back. You add Jake DeBrusque, Jason Magnus off your roster. Right. Right. And, and Abe Kubel as, as, Totally fine as he's been. Yeah. He he now kind of becomes your your flex guy. And how much mm-hmm. more comfortable do you feel with him coming into the lineup versus Jason Magna, Kiefer Sherwood is, type, you know? Zabai Kubel a guy that you consider for DeBrusque? 
Not straight yeah. up. I don't think no, 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 would no, take no. that. Not, yeah, you would have to no. give something else. Like but... Kubel in a third or something. Yeah. I mean, Kubel, Kubel, like, again, I really don't know what Boston wants. If they sure. want one of Colorado's prospects, like, we could have, we could, I guess we could, we could each decide. Okay. Let's just use Abe Kubel as a, well, well so, so as let's a, say, as like a moving piece here. As like, let's say yeah, Abe yeah, Kubel yeah. for, for money purposes. We'll just go yeah. with that reason. For money purposes, let's say Abu Kel, uh, Abe Kubel is the guy. All right, where is the prospect line that you're comfortable being, with the guy being included or not? So, so let's, saying, let's are you say, saying Abe Kubel instead of instead no, of Abe I'm, Kubel plus a pick? It's Kubel plus a prospect. Plus a, plus a prospect. Let's just run through some of the prospects and see where the line is for each of us. Just out of curiosity here. Yeah. So let's say Abe Kubel and Bowers. I would say, yeah, at this point, yeah. I don't think, I think Boston would probably say no to that though. Me too, but with that from, from yeah. a Colorado perspective, work with me guys. Come on. Yes. Yes. No, I said, yes. yes. I said, yes. So, said, okay. Yeah. So I mean, okay. Abe, Abe Kubel and Cal. Yeah. I'd ask again in 10 yes. games when we see what Cal's yes. doing. <laughs> Abe, Abe Kubel and Eustace Ananen. No. No. Abe Kubel and Sampo Ranta. No. Abe Kubel and Drew Hellison. That's probably uh, I, like I, right on the line for I, me. I probably would just because you've got two other defensive prospects that you're high on. So I Abe, would say yes. Abe Kubel and Jean-Luc Foodie. Yes. I'd probably yes, but I wouldn't like it. Okay. And then I wanted, I was working my way up to this, but what about just Tyson Jost? One for one? One for one? Or I, I think I'd even do it with Kubel, honestly. I think, yeah, that'd be fun. You would do Jost and Kubel for DeBrusque? <laughs> yeah, sure. But you wouldn't do Jean-Luc Foodian? <laughs> I said I would. I just wouldn't like it. Yeah. I definitely, I, I would so, also, it would hurt to give up Foodie because I just love the guy. So it's like, so not even thinking be, about future potential. I'm just like, I just want to watch it play. Here's the, here would be the issue though, with moving Jost and Kubel in that, in that situation is you're kind of undoing some of what you're like trying to accomplish by bringing in Jake DeBrusque. I don't think moving Kubel matters. I think you could drop no, Mark no, no, out no, no, into no, Kubel's role and you would not tell the difference. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm saying Jost and Kubel because to me, the whole point of going out and acquiring a DeBrusque is to beef up, like I said, your bottom or middle six. And if you're going to remove Jost, I mean, I, would... I think you're getting a one for one improvement of a player there. The problem with that move for me is Jost plays center. And that's where it right. becomes an issue. Well, sometimes Joe's plays center. Uh, <laughs> well, if we're talking about the the abs forward core being healthy here, uh, yeah. Jost is. I kicked Megna off the roster because I put Jost as the four C. Right. Yeah. And and yeah. Debrusque is not going to play center. Well, I don't. He doesn't really play center anyway. Um, and I mean, you just you no. just feel so much better with McKinnon, Kadri, Comfer, Jost down the middle. And then I mean, like honestly, you're if if you were to add DeBrusque, you just got rid of Alex Newhook. Like, what just happened? Well, he's not playing center right now. Yeah, he is. Is he though? Um, 
Uh, if we're living this dream scenario, <laughs> New Hook's playing second left wing okay. anyway. Well, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I actually had this conversation with Joe the other day where he was like, you know how we do things. It's complicated. Right, right. Where right, he right. was like, he was like, I'm doing a lot of the heavy lifting defensively for, for New Hook while he gets up to speed on how to play center. But he was like, he's playing center. I wish I was playing center, but I can help him there. And that's where my experience as center last year is really helping us this year. And I was like, oh, that's a fun perspective. They found this <laughs> thing that works where Landy plays center in the defensive zone for that well, line. They're like, what if we just do this on every line? Every that was what he, that was also what he mentioned to me where he was like, he was like, I mean, Landy's been doing it for years. And I was like, yeah, this is true. This is true. Um, But so, so I mean, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you're good. But, but, but so, I mean, and, and honestly, just bringing up new hook just kind of furthers that it's like, okay, well now you've got another guy who is coming up to play up the middle. And if he's not playing in the middle to Rudo's point, like now suddenly your wings are just stacked on at, really? at the very minimum, your top nine. And that, that fourth line still looks pretty good. That's the only reason why I, I would, be I just wouldn't love giving up two current roster players because that just undoes a little bit of what I think you'd be trying to accomplish if you're the Avs by bringing in a player like DeBrusque. Maybe they'll take uh, Darren Helm instead. Ooh, that'd be dope. Yeah, you'd do that in a heartbeat <laughs> if they were going to do that. <laughs> the dude is such an anchor. I, anyway, I'm saying he should yeah. be the scratch. But... Well, when they get healthy, I think that that's a real conversation. Uh, and then everybody's favorite conversation, JT Comper. I know we on the pod tend to feel a little differently than the Avalanche fan base who's like, JT Comper for literally anything. But, you know. So answering the JT Comper question is basically how much do you believe in DeBrusque? Jake DeBrusque's best is a better player than JT Comper. Is he going to get there? There's reason to believe he's better than he can be in Boston right now, but you're gambling a little bit. If you're Boston, though, doesn't Confer make? Yeah, if you're, I, I if think you're for Boston, Boston, it makes a ton of sense. For well, Confer, if you're but... if you're Boston and you're just trying, like you're like, hey, we we want a guy that's going to help us immediately. Yeah, totally. And also, isn't saying... expensive or signed long term? Like Confer would make a lot of sense, right? Are you saying Confer for DeBrusque one for one? Yes, I'd do that. Yeah, even if even if you had to add, we we won't say any any picks in the top three rounds. But even if you had to add, yeah, well, a fifth or whatever, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, if you had to add, if you had to add a prospect, where would your line be there? Would it be like Danila Jaravala? Yeah, it'd be pretty junky. I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Same. yeah. I'm 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 a mid mid range prospect, a middle middle round pick. If they asked for Trent Miner, I would get really nervous. I would be like, mm, what do you see that I don't? Why are you asking? Because <laughs> like that's an organization that's been pretty good with the goalies for a few years. So I would be like, uh, that you like that dude. I don't know about this. Yeah. Um, no, I think a confer one for one swap would be would be good because then it does kind of sorry. Oh, 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 on a lot of teams. Yeah, Comfort would not be Certainly on the second line Boston. of a lot of teams. Yeah. Um, they, he would be second line on a lot of bad teams. 
I was I was just about to say I th- I think there is like a weird chunk of like ten where he is like a solid top six forward right Dude, now. Dude, he's the top center in Arizona. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I was I was thinking like Arizona, Seattle, you know, Ottawa uh, somehow again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still somehow. Um, no way he would not be. He would not be in Ottawa's top six. You don't think so? No. Mm, okay. You? Um, are you guys are you guys fucking kidding right now? Are you guys running with me? <laughs> no, I mean he's he's been he was in the abs top six for like two weeks before he got hurt. Yeah, I mean <laughs> there were injury there were injury reasons for that. I know, I know. Um, I'm just I'm just, I'm just saying, <laughs> like Ottawa. I don't know. I think I I like Ottawa. So, um, Go Go really Sorry. like Artem Zub that much? I guess he's a D, right? Yeah, he's actually a super dope defenseman. He might be the most underrated defenseman in the NHL outside of Vladislav Gavrikov. All right. Enough hot Zoom takes for one a, pod here. Yeah, such a cool last name. Yeah. Um, zoop, zoop. Damn. Oh yeah. No, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think, I think Comfer, he's, he's, he's definitely got his lumps, but I, I think he's been valuable to the abs in his time here. Um, I, like categorically, he would play the same role as DeBrusque on the team, right? Middle six swing guy that kind of just fills yeah. into the lineup and does whatever you need him to do. DeBrusque, on DeBrusque doesn't have the center versatility. True. Can't play Comfort, center, Comfort has also gotten his ass kicked at center, so it's kind of like... I, I was just about to say, I actually think that that would, be a, that would be a move that would actually make a ton of sense for the abs because you'd kind of be, Rudo, to your point just now, you'd kind of be swapping like for like. And you would you would get rid of a center, and so now you could just move Newhook permanently to the middle on that third line, right? And then Jose is your four C when healthy, and suddenly you've got Newhook skating with you know O'Connor, Nichushkin, DeBrusque, you know, Shit, kind of filling your blanks. We'll see in this whole conversation. Yeah, yeah, um, exists. I just forgot all about him. I was like, Ooh. um, what if they ask for LOC? I don't know if the abs would want to do that right now. The coach is just, I I think they're just way too high on him. I, I think the contract extension it. changed the math. I'd yeah. still do it. Even with the contract. I mean, it would be like, like if you did it, like if they asked for him like straight up, of course. Yeah. You yeah, do yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But with LOC's new deal, I think that it makes him more, more valuable than he otherwise would have been. Yep. I, agree. I agree. I think it the contract raises his, raises his value above his actual on ice contributions. That's fair. Which, which are still, and I think this is kind of where you're going with that. Like, which, which are still kind of, we're waiting to see what type of player he actually settles into yeah. long term. Because by the end of that season, or by the end of this season, or middle of next season, that extension could look even better. And I just, I just know the coaches really like him right now, um, and and I just don't know how how excited they'd be to get rid of that. Uh, oh, I mean, I don't think they'd be excited, but it would be. Like you're talking about a like Jake DeBrusque at 20 old. Like this is very, very similar. Jake DeBrusque's situation is very, very similar to Andre Burakovsky's in Washington. Yep. It's... Where you're looking at it and you're like, uh, this guy has proven he can play. This guy has proven he could score, uh, specifically score goals. This guy has proven that he can do some things that are really, really valuable in the NHL. And it's incredible how quickly LOC has become the new Matt Calvert on this oh, hockey team where the man. fan base would like die for that man. Yeah. Where they're like for a guy who scored 27 goals 
three years ago. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Would You're do like, it. All right, you got fifty fifty fucking games of of him being fun to watch. <laughs> you guys are easy sell. <laughs> okay, uh, we do have to hit up DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Uh, I, you can't bet on whether Jake DeBrus is going to get traded to the Abs just yet, but who knows? Maybe that'll come up. Oh, here's here's the bet that I wanted to to ask you guys about. Uh, who would you take for the Calder right now? Raymond? Yeah. Cider? No, Raymond. It's Raymond. I'll fire him for an outside shot. I bet you get good odds. Yeah, you would. Yeah. See. Maybe Ooh, I, I might can, actually uh, do that. Uh, anyway, hit up DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account right now. You can bet $1. You can get $100 in free bets. The team you bet on scores a point and wins. So bet on a team you think is going to win. Get the $100 in free bets with your new account uh, with the DNVR code. Super fast, super easy. And uh, then you can just have fun. You can take one of those free bets and uh, bet it on futures of who's going to win the Calder. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Here we go. Calder Trophy. Raymond is plus 200. Cider 450. Byram plus 2,000 to win the thing. Yeah, As the fifth that... highest. Raymond, Zgross, Mercer, and Cider are the only ones ahead of him. So, not bad odds. I tell you, <laughs> Dawson Mercer, man. <laughs> I loved him in his draft here. Whew. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to happen this fast. There's some other interesting ones down the way. Uh, Vladar is plus 2,500. Cole Sillinger is plus 3,500. He just won't score enough. Cole yeah, Sillinger is Ryan O'Reilly 2.0. Um, no, dude, just watching Byram the other night, I mean, he just... He's the shit, dude. Dude, he looks so good. That's, he that... could have had a hat trick in the first period against Nashville. I was sitting there just shouting at the TV on the couch, <laughs> just shouting at it like, he's so good. He's so good. He's so good. You don't even understand. Before he I, felt even... like, I felt like Seth Rogen in uh, uh, what was the movie where he was a cop and with McLovin. Oh, super bad. Thank you. Super bad. I was, yeah, I'm yeah. like, it's not he's the fastest kill alive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, he's the fastest kill alive, except there was more like, he's the greatest defenseman I've ever seen. <laughs> and then like Kel McCarr goes off, and I'm like, there's two of them. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Well, and, and like like the most hockey nerd thing I did that entire game the other night was I was I was seriously audibly reacting just to his cut before he even scored that goal. I was like, oh my God, what a great job finding open ice. Oh, and he's calling for the puck. Oh my God, and he scored. Like, it was just all so, just such great awareness, great vision. He did it the fancy way too. Like, he absolutely could have just gone to back post and tapped that into a wide open net. But he's like, nah, I'm going I'm to cut across the goalie and put God. it top corner. Close Short side, side elbow yeah. in, yeah. It's so, and to be honest with you, to cut across like that, Knowing that the goaltender is coming across, it's yeah. really, really smart. Yep. That's hockey IQ. When people are like, what does that mean? It's like, that's that shit. <laughs> a dude that knows that he's cutting across like cutting across the goaltender's movement, making it harder for him to stop the puck. That's that's that hockey IQ shit. 
All right, so go bet on Byron on DraftKings. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Also, hit up Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee that has a really helped change lives. It helps with migraines, aches and pains, IBS, joint pain, all sorts of crazy stuff. It's really, really nice. A lot of people love it. You can get 25% off when you use code DNBR25 with your first purchase. And then... You can uh, go get yourself a better way to sleep with Snooze Sleep and their four-in-one mattress. Firm, soft, hot, cold. Just flip the mattress for firm or soft. Flip the uh, mattress cover for hot or cold. Up to 10 degrees difference. Super easy way to get the type of sleep that you're looking for, no matter what it is that fits your sleeping style. They're also local to Colorado, so support local with Snooze Sleep. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. All right. We've kicked around long enough. Let's get into some of the dirty details of of DeBrusque's underlyings here. I which uh, which graphic should we start with here, AJ? Uh, let's go with last year versus this year. All right, the war comparison. I I didn't put these in here. All right, there yeah, you go. That's so. the one. So last year. There's a reason that he's on the trading block, right? Last year, not great. This year, different version of not great. Marginally better, mostly. Yeah. Look at the see. This is where the I look at that finishing percent, and I'm like, oh, yep. this is where the buy low comes in. Okay. <laughs> yep. For a guy with a twenty what seven goal season is it twenty eight goal season something like 27. that. Twenty seven. He had so he had sixteen his rookie year, and then twenty seven, and then nineteen. He's never played in eighty two games. So, so yeah, there's yeah. some room for for more finishing there, to say the least. Yep. Um, you also brought up this more. I don't know if it was on Discord or Twitter, but. <clears throat> is Jake DePrusk the type of player that can benefit from playing with more talent? Yeah. So if you get, again, go and look at the most success that he had, he was playing next to Krejci and Coyle. And then this year they ended up putting him into more of a depth position with Eric Howla, who, if anybody was paying attention over the summer podcasts, that guy sucks. He has not been good for a couple of years, and after after the injury issues kind of just kind of went away, you really got an idea that like Eric Hollis sucks now. Like the injuries might have sapped him of what what made him effective, but right now Jake DeBrusque playing his most common line mates are Craig Smith and Eric Howla. Now, like Craig Smith's a good goal scorer, and that's about it. Yep. So having him and Jake DeBrusque at the on the same on the same group, mm-mm. trying to do the same thing. A little yeah, bit. and then and then you have it's a donut line, man, because you've got a giant hole in the middle with Eric Howla. It's you just can't have that. And then uh, after after that is Curtis Lazar and Tomas Nosek. Yeah, like he's he's being used as a bottom six guy. Now we're talking about him as a bottom six guy here, but if you look at where he was most successful. It's when he had quality line mates that brought out the best in him. You look at Andre Burakovsky, and there's a reason I keep bringing this up. Andre Burakovsky was used as a third, fourth line guy at various times in Washington. They were unhappy with him. They felt that he was overpaid, and they decided that hey, we want to move him to a team that's going to give that's going to give 
him a chance to to actually play a little bit more. And look what's happened. The guy blossomed. So I think that and blossomed to previous levels because Burakovsky early in his career was quite productive when he was playing on, on higher lines. Got moved down. Had the issues. Got traded. Got better opportunity. Produced. Fucking magic. So, so this one feels to me, I'm like, look, Burkowski is instructed. Like, Burkowski is this what this looks like if it goes well. The team gets him, they put him in a good spot, and they, they work on it. But the, it, it has to go well. I mean, you... Yeah, of course. That's if what it, you risk if it, you're taking. If it doesn't, you're just like, well... All right. So show me some charts that are going to convince me it's going to go well, AJ. Oh, I don't know if I've got those. Uh, basically, let's go with let's go with the way that he drives play. Let's go with his uh, offense this year, offense and defense this year. All right. So Boston's well, defense with is at minus fourteen, which is good. It's without him is even better. But even at minus fourteen, it's good. Like that's a really that's a really really good number. So compared to minus twenty five without. So. so worse, yeah. but you keep in mind the minus 14 is relative to league average. Sure. It's still, he's still quite solid defensively. Yeah. And then, you know, he, getting into relative to the team, there's going to be some factors pushing both ways, but yep. And then if you've, we've got the, uh, if we've got the offense, that would be great. You can just see offense with and without him. It, not not Neat. not great. Perfectly league average with this. This is also this is where quality. This is where quality of teammates is going to come in because uh, if you show with DeBrusque and then if you show without him, it's a little bit worse. But then if you show the isolated impact of it, you'll see that Jake DeBrusque is driving the hell out of some play on his own, just on his own. Yeah. Now defensively, he looks worse in the isolated impact, but his offense looks a lot better. Well, and, and I mean, look at what I really like about the offensive impact is look at where that big red dot is right yep. in front of the net. The and I did not send it to Yahir, uh, but I did go and look at his where his shots were coming from the last couple of years. Yeah, that area is where the majority of them are coming from, and the fact that he's shooting, he shot five percent last year and is shooting eight percent this year, where the that's where his chances are coming from. That number is going to go up. Wherever he lands, you can almost guarantee that that number is going to go up. So, I I do wonder where a player that scores those type of goals is best utilized there. Because we talked earlier where it's like, well, you know, maybe Burakovsky needs to be more of the passing guy on that line. But if you're using DeBrusque as a guy that can just stand in front of the net and bang home rebounds, things like that. We already know the Avs love to activate their D in the offensive zone. Maybe that's a tool that allows the line of Burakovsky and Kadri to free up a little bit more and just fire pucks with a guy in front. So to to make a comparison here, uh, Burakovsky is just a great natural shooter. He's a guy that's going to be goaltenders. DeBrusque is going to be a lot more of your James Van Riemsdyk type where he just kind of stands in front of the net, tips puck home, bangs home pucks, finds, finds them right around the net and beats goalies that way. He's not as he's not as much of a 
like a like really high level shooter. He has a very good shot. It's got a heavy shot, but him scoring goals right in that crease area is where it's going to happen. Okay. Uh, super chat here from Rich. Thank you very much for the five dollars. Overall, not a good week for the Bruins. The DeBrus stuff, Marchand suspended, and Joe Sacco is head coach. Well, Cassidy on COVID protocol. Rough, dude. But hey, Joe Sacco is head coach. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you keep in mind, like that guy. That guy took a team to the playoffs that probably didn't belong. Yep. Has experience. So being yeah. It happens. Just saying, you could you could probably stay afloat with the talent that he has on hand, and he's not he's not like leading like he's he's a fill in like come on. Joe Sacco was a bad head coach because his players hated his guts. As an assistant coach, he's been really effective because he just does have to be the guy in the locker room exactly he does he does the thing he does he does what he does best which is x's and o's he was a good x's and o's head coach uh come on i'm actually surprised that he has not gotten another look just given the way that they recycle coaches in this league his power play statistics here uh Power play, <clears throat> not good. Yeah, and that's, this, this is where this is where some of the other issues are. Is that um, and like twenty four minutes, like you yeah, see obviously SSS really small sample yeah. size here. But dude is not no. It's the opposite. There is nothing happening in that front on that power play. Boston's off power play without him, significantly better. But you know, part of that is he plays on the second unit. So yep. Second units are worse. Second units, it's all small sample sizes. Yeah, it's it's all small sample sizes. Uh, his individual ISOs over the course of his career, you can see that the expected goals for numbers have actually been moving in the correct direction. Yep. So, drive and play gives a little bit of it back defensively, but that's where you tether him to good defensive players. Yep. That's why I'm like, if you can get him with a Jost and a Nachushkin, that could be a lot of fun. If you can get him with just a Nachushkin and then you put Newhook in the middle, that could be a lot of fun. So it's there's there's a lot of different variations here. I mean, obviously, if you put him next to Kadri and Burkowski, you're looking at that plus 8%, and you're like, let's make that thing plus 12%. We'll just go hard, right? And whatever you give back, you give back and we can live with. But go hard on the offense and the driving of play and just just see how it goes. One, it's not – you look at these plus side numbers on the defensive side and it's like, those aren't good, but those aren't going to kill you. No, those are those are passable. That's that's the same kind of defensive impact that Eric Johnson has. Yep. Uh, so you're you're just like, yeah, this is fine. No, he's nothing like Jonas Donskoy. Uh, very different, yeah. Uh, all right. One final one here, his his overall player card from Jay Fresh. Yep. Uh, and this is where you get to see the even even last year when he struggled, he was he was pretty good. Yep. There's still an argument to be made that he's a positive effect. Last full year, sorry, not yeah. last year, not the fifty-six game season where they were like, We gotta trade this guy. <laughs> uh but and you see the finishing has just been on a just a straight down his yep. last three years. Uh, and then the defense, the defense has gotten worse in the last two seasons. So not yeah, great, but you know, 
you can see the the pretty low number when it comes to quality of teammates and competition to be fair but yeah and quality of teammates has a much much bigger impact on quality of competition and him losing the role that he did really hurt him because he just is not meant for the role that he's in in Boston which is why he's struggling he needs to be a guy that you put him he you put him with talent you'll get results okay uh, I don't I think we pretty much covered it. Do we have anything else? Jack Hughes might be signing a long-term contract today. He's also playing tonight. The uh, Rockies might be signing Chris Bryant for some insane reason. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of questions about that, but okay. Uh, Brant, Brant Clark did not make the, will not play yeah. for Team Canada, WJCs. That's crazy. Their um, full roster should release tomorrow, right? So, any uh, any any thoughts with the uh, Sean Barons? I know we kind of touched on it at the top of the yeah, show, but I think he makes it. Yeah, that's a really that defensive group is. It's good. it's a really really deep group of ten defenders. So Sean Barons, that's tough competition. If he makes it, man, it's it's a I think he does feather in his cap. Yeah, I was gonna say it speaks speaks very highly to him. Yep. Or about him, of him. Yeah, definitely. For him. It's good. Him. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's good. Okay. Uh, I guess we're gonna get out of here then. Thank you everyone watching, listening, however you consume the pod. We appreciate all of y'all. We will be back tomorrow with lots of stuff. Pre-game and post-game, as always, but we're also doing a watch along on playback. Keep your eyes peeled. Uh, on the DNBR Lounge, the Discord channel. With Are we doing that tomorrow? Yeah, we're doing it mm-hmm. tomorrow. Uh, so we'll be we'll be live during the game. You can watch along with us. With the link, we'll be we'll be dropping in the Discord. So be sure to go check that out and uh, come have fun with us for the Leafs game. Hopefully, uh, hope to see you there. Uh, until next time, we'll talk to you later.